0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Moving Into the Future. Today, I am joined by Joe Spisak from Soapbox. And Joe, before I have a hard time explaining it, uh, why don't you explain what Soapbox is uh, to our listeners?
1: Yeah, sure Thanks. So thanks for having me, Jack. Um, soapbox, we started probably about three years ago now. Uh, And we actually started out as a self-service label printing platform for e-commerce brands. So basically, um, you know, if you own your own e-commerce brand, you could download our Shopify app extension and it just gave you a really easy way to be able to bulk print labels, keep track of your inventory, uh, just get your product to the end consumer much easier. Uh, And then over the last couple of years, we started to transform from just being a self-service label printing uh, service and started to get into the warehouse management system space. So, Now, uh, 3PLs, third-party logistics companies, can use our software to help all of their e-commerce brands um, ship out successfully to their end customer.
0: Right, because, and see, that's such a pivotal service when people are in e-commerce, because essentially what they're doing is running their own shipping and logistics business. And part of that business is being as efficient as possible with what you have in the warehouse, getting it out as soon as possible and managing your inventory um, efficiently. So I, I see the value in Soapbox, and you've been in the e-commerce world for, I think you just mentioned like seven years, right? Which in in, in terms of e-commerce is almost like a, a full career for a lot of people. So you've seen a lot of different um, ways the industry has grown and developed and morphed over the years, and today, I mean, e-commerce in, in my world as well, which is why I'm excited to have you on to talk about it, has really taken over warehousing and how moving companies react and plan to service e-com, e-commerce uh, employees and and clients and things of that nature. So how have you seen the industry develop, you know, since you've gotten in until now?
1: Yeah, no great question. So I I guess I'll start by saying, you know, kind of high level what I've been doing in e-commerce before I was at Soapbox. So I actually have Uh, two of my own brands uh, that I started. So I started out in the board gaming space. So I created a couple of trivia games, just family style trivia games. Uh, We have another game over here called Dicey. This was like a party game. This was one of the first things that I started uh, back whenever I was in college. Um, And then after that, I morphed into starting my own 3PL um, called Ship Daddy that I ended up selling uh, about a year and a half ago before I joined Soapbox. So, I mean, you can imagine being in those different sects of e-commerce, um, and being around for, you know, a couple of years now, I've, I've definitely seen some changes, but maybe uh, w- one of the notable ones um, has to do with Soapbox and just uh, how hard it was to actually print labels from Shopify whenever I first started out with my games. So um, that's how I started getting and looking for my own 3PL because, uh, you know, it, it's gotten a lot easier to even just print your own labels from Shopify now. Uh, but back in the day, that, that, that wasn't the case, you know. You hit this point where I call it the graduation period where every e-commerce brand starts doing a couple hundred orders a month and they either have to kind of double down and become their own um, commercial grade logistics center or uh, they need to pivot and look for a 3PL uh, to send all their inventory in, uh, into and, and and allow them to fulfill for you. So I think um, just the the logistics of actually shipping your product and the technology behind it has changed immensely even in the last couple of years. So that's one of many, many things that I've seen for sure.
0: Yeah, I could imagine, you know, because it's all about supply and demand, not just at the e-commerce level when you're selling, but also high level when you're servicing these companies. And there are so many companies, like I mentioned, and people in general, not just companies, but individuals who are in the e-commerce world. So there has to be different avenues and different technologies that help them sell more efficiently and, and move their product more efficiently. Can you emphasize and explain a little bit more ex- exactly how Soapbox does that for clients in terms of creating the labels and the software, You know, updating, is there a part of the software that allows like companies to uh, be notified or, or um, tagged when their inventory is getting low, like that sort of thing? Does the Soapbox help with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So Soapbox is great because it's omni-channel. So let's say you have a Shopify, but then you're also selling on Amazon FBM and then you're also selling on walmart.com. You can plug in all of your different uh, sales channels and the orders will come in and be aggregated on the Soapbox platform. Um, So then Soapbox is linked with all of your major shipping carriers and has negotiated rates with all of them from um, USPS to UPS, to FedEx to DHL e-commerce, and and more regional carriers
0: yeah that's so important for companies and individuals to be able to to siphon and manage all of their inventory across different distribution platforms efficiently and with, with with soapbox you know how have you seen clients really scale their businesses more efficiently has it really helped them you know do you do you get a lot of testimonials as far as finding that clients are able to basically manage their product through this is on multiple platforms like you mentioned whether it's amazon walmart uh wherever it may be they're able to basically see are they able to also see like what platforms may be working better for them and where they may be be, be able to get you know more traction and then strategically plan either to promote that uh you know platform more or how can we do it better here does soapbox help with that as well you're pretty like
1: hitting the nail on the head spot on with exactly what we're building out and what we have built out so i mean just imagine if you were running an omni-channel e-commerce sales operation and you and you know, or your logistics team had to manually go into each individual platform and manually update all the inventory Um, Manually print all of the labels, manually upload the tracking information to each one of these different uh, channels. Uh, We're talking hours and hours and hours a day, and that's not even having to pack it and send it out. That's just manually printing the labels. Um, So that's what Soapbox does a great job of, is acting as what we call the quote-unquote single source of truth, right? So as the orders flow in and we print the labels from Soapbox... It will uh, manually, in real time, push back all the, um, uh, the inventory that's being deducted as we're shipping labels back to each individual platform. So let's say the same SKU that's selling on Shopify and Amazon FBM, an order comes in from Amazon FBM, it will deduct two of those units. Well, then it will push back that two-unit deduction to Shopify to keep everything uh, in-, in lock.
0: Wow. Wow, how valuable that is too. And and what I wanted to find out, you mentioned Amazon as a whole. See, I've looked into it before. Like now, there's Amazon FBM, and then there's Amazon FBA. Correct?
1: Correct. FBM fulfillment by merchant, so AKA you being the one to fulfill it, or your third party logistics provider. Um, FBA being fulfillment by Amazon, uh, where you or your three PL will pack up the inventory based off of Amazon specifications. Um, ship it into Amazon and then, uh, you get some added benefit of doing FBA, uh, because they'll give you the, the, the prime badge, right. basically promote your listing to a, a higher amount of people.
0: Uh, okay. So that's a specific thing with FBA is you get that prime badge basically and stuff like that. But now if you're doing uh, FBM fulfilled by merchant, you do make more money that way. Correct. Because with the FBA, they take out a bigger percentage of that. So is that a big sales tactic for you? when um you know you're you're going out to to clients and, and trying to promote soapbox, is there a way that you actually show um the the cost analysis between being an FBM and, and working with Amazon and, you know, being FBA?
1: Yeah, so great question. FBA and FBM is really going to depend on um, the e-commerce brand that's selling because one of those can be more advantageous than the other, really depending on your brand. Sometimes you're going to get a lot of value out of doing FBA. If you have a really locked in process um, and you can ship directly into them from your manufacturer, you already have your ASIN number printed on the back of your box. So you don't have to do any type of co-packing situation, have to manually print out labels and stick them on your boxes. There's a lot of factors that go into it because I've seen, you know, Amazon sellers. um, I have one of my games on FBA and then I have one of my games on FBM, Just basically whenever you do the pricing breakdown and see the percentage fees that they're going to take um, at an FBA versus doing it yourself and the lower fees that you'll get during an FBM. It's, it's basically just a cost-benefit analysis on how much more do you think you're actually going to sell uh, if you can do FBA, how optimized is uh, your manufacturing capability to be able to have all of the boxes you need to check in order to get into FBA to do it. So there, again, it's just a cost-benefit analysis. I see some brands benefiting from doing FBA, some brands benefiting from doing FBM, but the great part is Soapbox and, and the logistics behind our software, we can basically help you do it all. So if you need people to help, actually prep it and send it in for you, you can still do that as well.
0: Yeah, that is, that is so valuable. So you guys are almost like a consultant in the process. A lot of times you obviously offer that technology, but there's a consultative process to this as well, correct?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's another great thing about you know our organization is uh, kind of all the big dogs um, at our company have had their own e-commerce brands, have own their own logistics companies. Um, they they really get it, right? So we're it, we're in the trenches, and a lot of us have our own e-commerce brands too. So uh, we we are able to consult at a high level for other brands because you know we're doing it right now too.
0: Right, because before you 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 mentioned it before you were CMO at Soapbox, you have been in the e e-commerce world. So what was a particular about soapbox and maybe we've already gone over this that made you want to come on board and you know get involved and help uh expand the brand further
1: yeah great question so that's actually a pretty cool story so um the last company that i owned and sold called ship daddy uh we were a 3pl in central pennsylvania uh scaled up to 140,000 square feet um and i ended up selling it back to two of my best friends who are like uh yeah we've been boys since we've been just little guys And um, so we started out using um, a warehouse management system called Ship Hero, which is an awesome company, great WMS. We started to get into some more custom fulfillment opportunities, uh, namely in the print on demand space. So I was buying these big $50,000 direct to garment printing machines and people uh, would order, um, you know, like T-shirts off of um, uh, their e-commerce brand website. And we would actually print the design on the T-shirt in real time on these DTG machines and then ship them out. Well, um, it was great because we were signing a lot of customers in that area, but it wasn't great because our logistics wasn't optimized to be able to handle print-on-demand. And um, again, Shapiro is a great company, but we weren't able to get into the print-on-demand space with them. So I got connected with Danny Hay, who is our CEO over at Soapbox, and was just really impressed with what they were building out. Um, we basically came to the agreement that, hey, we would help kind of guinea pig their software and help them create it into a true warehouse management system if um, they could help us and we could use their software engineering team to customize it to our exact specifications to start to get more deeply into the print-on-demand space and lots of other custom opportunities that we're getting. So, So that's basically what happened. I was one of the first I was the first warehouse user um, for uh, Soapbox. We ended up getting really close with their team over there. And then after I got the, the Ship Daddy team to the point where, you know, they felt great with running the organization, I was able to um, go over to Soapbox and um, kind of link forces with Danny and really, really try to start building something special.
0: Wow. That is great, too, because, again, you know, you're, you're, you're a customer at first and you and you know the industry well. So you and you, what you're dealing with too is you were dealing with your own business problems, looking for a solution. And here's Soapbox and a great team, you know, working there that kind of allowed you to come in and 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 figure out how you could best, you know, work together to create these WMSs to uh, you know be more efficient, be more cl- uh, customer friendly, and things of that nature to work well together. Now you mentioned it before too. One of the things that Soapbox does is it helps uh, customers and clients. Partner with different three PLs because technically soapbox is a four PL right now, correct? So how does that work when you're partnering them with different three PLs? Is there a? I mean, obviously, you know, you'd be partnering with a company like the Advance Group, you know, for example, in like the New York tri-state area. Where do you say like, okay, this company has this amount of warehouse space and this this capabilities to do receiving and delivering and things of that nature? How do you go about that process and partnering clients with 3PLs and also finding 3PLs that can uh, service, you know, the the, the customer base that you have?
1: Yeah, great question. So basically, you were going down the right track with that. So any warehouse on our network that would look, would be wanting potential e-commerce customers from us that come to us from a consultative perspective, basically take down all the information on that warehouse. What are their capabilities? Like, do they have any special type of print-on-demand capability, cold storage capability. Can they ship big and bulky, like furniture, like, like you guys? Um, we get all of their specialties and see what they're great at. Um, then, uh, you know, we start to get their pricing. We, we basically get all the information. How much storage capacity that, that do they have currently? Um, what's, what's the volume, max volume that they can send out on a monthly basis? Um, basically, all just the baseline 3PL questions. And then as e-commerce brands come to us, um, we get all of their information too, like how many total pallets are they going to take up, do they have any special needs, um, a, a heat map of where they're shipping in the, com- uh, the country, they're shipping 90% of uh, th- their units, their end customers are on the West Coast, and it's going to make sense to have a, a West Coast fulfillment center, right, so basic stuff like that, then we basically play matchmaker, we find um, the best 3PLs on our network um, that are able to check all of those boxes. That would be a great fit for the customer. We introduce them to each other, and you know, l- let them let them start that relationship.
0: Yeah, cool. What um, what type of clients does Soapbox have the most of? Have Have you guys uh, situated yourselves in a specific industry or or uh, you know distribution type of sorts? Uh, you know, where have you guys found your your most uh, reliable and, and, and best service, or does it span across the board? It's,
1: it spans across the board, but we are cut into a few different verticals. But um, where we started as a self-service label printing platform, uh, we've had a little over 2,000 um, signups on our platform for just self-service customers. Um, so that has been our big ticket up to this point. And then we really started to expand into um, the 3PL space. Um, as a warehouse management system, about um, a year and a half ago, once once I joined, we really started to hit that hard. So we're still growing and building out in all of those spaces. Um, but I mean, our, our, our uh, self-service software customers, that's going to keep growing very fast. And we actually just went public on the Shopify app store, I think about two weeks ago. So we're getting ready to start running ads to our, our listing there and, and really getting ready to start uh, kind of blowing up our, our, our Um, self-service software Um, and then uh, with the warehouses our warehouse network is growing you know fast just because i think people are seeing um seeing the benefit of having uh, a custom wms like that where you can reach the development team and be able to talk to them and have your product updates in, in your product roadmap be updated really quickly because you have a really intimate relationship with 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 the dev team
0: Right, because again, in my world, you know, warehouse management, warehouse management, and warehouse management software are pivotal and crucial to operating efficiently. I keep using that word efficiently because you know that's essentially what Soapbox is, is built to do is is make customers and warehouses run more efficiently. Is that another vertical for you guys that you think you're going to get in? Is offering more warehouse management systems to companies like the advanced group where they can kind of better understand their product not just product that may be reserved for e-commerce and and distribution but also you know long-term storage and things of that nature
1: yeah exactly that's a big space we're pushing into and we're going to push all the way down into the micro fulfillment arena so you see like uh, the go puffs of the world and the drizzlies of the world like everybody trying to solve the last mile delivery problem right now and we're going to get to the point where our software will be able to be offered at a franchise level um, to, you know, the Joe Spizak that was running a game company out of his parents' garage um, and be able to let him start his own micro fulfillment center with our software. We kind of, we can bring them the customer, we can bring them the software, we can bring them the consultative services to help, you know, the, the Joe Spizak five years ago be able to start his own fulfillment center much more easily and efficiently while giving ourselves a micro fulfillment center that spans across, you know, hundreds of different nodes throughout the United States that were e- able to measure the, 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 air the, uh, rate from just really everything. So that's, that's kind of where we're, 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 getting towards.
0: Wow. That's really exciting. And again, you know, considering the industry and, and where it's going, it's going nowhere but up, you know, you just mentioned a couple companies that have recently gotten into the space and, and. Trying to you know better uh, manage and create uh, streamlines to last mile delivery and stuff like that. And again, I see it in my world. You know, in the trucking industry and logistic industry as a whole, it's uh, it, it's just a massively growing industry. And especially especially with all the supply chain issues that we have at a at a global scale, if you will. One of the things we try to do, and you're trying to do as well. Is create more solutions for these companies, you know, to 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 get their product out there and to get it to clients as soon as possible within reason. And uh, it, it's going to be fascinating the different solutions and technologies that grow out of this. You know, I I follow a couple closely and and I study them, and it's it's going to be very interesting because I think what we learned, you know, through the pandemic and really up until now is our supply chain avenues, and even the technology within that space wasn't really up to 21st century standards. You know, there, there was just a, a, a lag in the way things were going. And now with these different technologies, I believe one is called UpFlex. Are you familiar with that company? Do you, have you heard of them? They're a big logistics company. I actually may be getting their name wrong right now, but um, they're doing a lot at the ports and things of that nature and getting things in more efficiently themselves, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see where the uh, where the industry as a whole, not just in e-commerce, but in distribution and delivery services as a whole, uh, go in the next you know five years, even near future. Uh, what what do you, what do you think based on what you see? Um, how do you think? Well, a let's talk about this. Do you think more people are going to be getting into uh, e-commerce distribution, is there a steady uptick in the amount of new uh, users and companies and stuff like that, or has it plateaued off at all? Because again, in the seven years you've been in the industry, really that, that vertical has gone pretty much like that. I mean, it's gone up very quickly. Um, have you seen it plateau at all, or do you, do you still see in the same trajectory?
1: i, I th- So I think maybe a little bit of a plateau, but it doesn't matter. Like, even if you're plateauing out, it's still going straight like this. So I think, you know, we're in e-commerce and we're in logistics, two of the fastest growing industries in the entire world right now. And I don't see anything stopping anytime soon. I think, you know, while COVID was going on and we were kind of all buried inside of our warehouses for for two years, um, we just watched what COVID did and and, um, we watched the e-commerce boom during that. And everybody's just kind of sitting back like, oh my gosh, it's like drinking out of a fire hose right now, figuring out what we're going to do with everybody coming into the industry. But I see things continuing to go in that direction. I see, you know, big retail companies potentially um, starting to pivot to more of a logistics background. Like you see what Walmart's doing right now, turning a lot of their stores into uh, basically fulfillment centers that they, they have the retail presence there, but they're starting to build out fulfillment in the back for, um, the e-commerce brands and the walmart.com shops that they're trying to pump on their website. You see what American Eagle did um, pivoting into being more of a logistics focused company. Um, yeah, I think, I think the writing's kind of on the wall with a lot of this. Uh, but like you said, anytime, you know, industries are growing at that pace, there's always more problems that need to be solved. There's always more technological innovation um, that can, that can help everybody grow together. So I think it's going to be really fun next couple of years to, to see some of the new innovation that comes out, some of the new players that come into the e-commerce space. Um, I, I really enjoy both of the industries that that we're in for sure.
0: Yeah, so do I. I really, um, it's fascinating to me because like trucking as a whole is one of the oldest industries in the world. You know, it's it's shipping items have been go, has been going on forever. And like I mentioned, you know, we we did kind of fall into a lag there where we got comfortable doing things the same way that we've been doing them for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. And with the pandemic, it caused us to really reanalyze things and reshift. And not just that, I mean, you're looking at labor shortages now and, and all sorts of things in our industry that are, you know, putting, presenting new yes. challenges uh, for the industry as a whole. And, you know, I think once we're going to start getting into self-driving cars or more robotics in the industry, uh, well, yep. yeah, you know, that's it's it's really inevitable at this point. There's just... Considering the supply, you know, there's just the, the demand for truck drivers isn't, isn't keeping up with it. So we have to come up with, you know, new solutions for that. Have you guys uh, started to partner with anything in regards to self-driving uh, trucks or robotics or anything? Or that's probably far in the distance right now because, again, you're, you're more on the warehouse management side. So you're not getting yeah. so involved with, with any of the actual um, shipping to, to, to different uh, areas of the country.
1: Yeah. So I have uh, worked and consulted for a few different 3PLs. One of them uh, based out of Florida who basically runs uh, a robotics division of their 3PL where they can automate, you know, basic kitting processes, um, uh, automate uh, packing of lots of items. So they have one customer that's pumping out, you know, like 20,000 orders a day, like something ludicrous, but it's basically all assembly line based. Robots are picking and packing a couple of different SKUs into everything. Um, that's definitely where things are going from a warehouse perspective. Um, I think things are going to be roboticized more and more and more. Um, but, you know, it's that's going to be an ongoing process because the tech's going to need to come out and it's going to need to be made available and affordable. Um it, where it will only work for certain e-commerce brands that, you know, are pumping out X amount of volume. But, uh, yeah, again, like the tech coming out, it, I, I can nerd out on that all day because I think where things are going are just super exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, so you, you talk about making it affordable, but for a company that doesn't need to worry about that money, you see some of the, uh, Amazon, like ro- warehouse robotics that they have and, and some of the yeah. stuff that they're doing, like picking stuff off racks and, and things like that it's it's fascinating and it's so cool and again it's only a matter of time until that technology does trickle down to you know warehouses like the advanced group or companies like the advanced group where again there's still some level of distribution but not to the level that that Amazon has obviously or some of these other logistics Agreed. companies so it's um it, it's going to be really really interesting to see where it goes what would you say you know Something that you said you nerd out on it and, uh, you know, really get into it. What's something that, that you think um, that you've been studying and looking at that uh, that somebody like myself or, or our listeners, uh, you know, may not be looking into as much?
1: Yeah, good question. So I've got one thing that uh, I think is awesome that you should look into. Uh, it's called the squid, the squid robot. And what it is, is it's basically um, a robotic picker and packer for logistics companies and this robot can attach to um, the racking climb the racking pick something put it in its pouch go back down and hand it off um, to the person or, or just pack it put it into the box for it to be packed and shipped out so if you can have a whole automated robotic system in your warehouse and eliminate any need for pickers and that could just do that themselves like you can just see where things are headed like we could just have armies of squids in our warehouse Picking everything, packing it into the boxes, you could pretty much automate that to the point of putting it into the truck and you have a self-sufficient robotic warehouse. So I really think that this is like a couple years around the corner from being readily available um, to, you know, upper mid-class fulfillment centers that can afford that, set it all up and be good to go. So, you know, we'll see, but I, I I just remember watching videos of that a couple of years ago and just looking at it and being like, man, this is, this is the place to be right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. And now on top of that, see that's the physical aspect of picking the items and packing the items and label the items. Do you think there'll come a day where like soapbox will integrate into that type of technology? And, and, and it basically becomes like this free flowing ecosystem of itself where Again, with the with the different um, notifications from fulfillments that are that are upcoming or you know need replacing and things like that, that they'll be able to communicate together and uh, essentially make it so it's it's largely you know non human uh, services being provided.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see where the tech goes and where Danny wants to take soapbox. I'm I'm really excited to you know see where we go with it myself. I think, you know, for now, in the next couple of years, we'll be heavily focused on the the small business owner, the Shopify customer with an Amazon FBM and a Walmart.com. We'll we'll probably be focused more on um, that space um, and probably won't be jumping into the robotics space right away. But I mean, there are literally um, companies right now, robotics companies that will consult for 3PLs and Will come into their operation and can basically right. help overlay their robotics on top of the existing tech that they're using right now. Like that, that's 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 a thing. It's just you know, it's that makes a lot more sense whenever you have a couple filled warehouses on your network that are doing processes that are replicable that can be um, taken over by robotics. It's just that's that's the one thing about fulfillment. It is not a one size fits all industry. Right. Right. There is so many different types of fulfillment you know, you say third-party logistics uh, company, you know, I think a a 3PL, like a ship daddy of the world, but other people may think freight brokerage. Um, Other people may think um, drayage and international shipping and imports and exports. Uh, It's just, it's, there's so much going on in our industry. Um, There's plenty of space to play for, for, for all of us.
0: Yeah, there is. And that's the beautiful part about it is there's so many avenues to go down to make money in this industry and, and, you know, do a lot of cool different things that are unique to, uh, you know, your specialty. It's it's really what I love about it because that's the thing. And that's the thing about the advanced group. What we do really well is we're in so many different avenues, you know, whether it is logistics or, you know, actual office moving and even residential moving. And then, you know, technology and that aspect, furniture installation and, and, and Exactly. Like Exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. So like, again, having those different avenues to go down and offer to clients presents such an advantage in this industry and you have to do everything well, you know, it's, 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 you want to make sure where you have people in place that, you know, specialize in that service and can make sure it's managed at a high level. So clients, uh, you know, are, are happy at the end of the day. Um, a couple more questions. Uh, so, you know, as CMO, you just mentioned, and this brought it up to me. How do you go about marketing so you know the different avenues and stuff like that? Do you customize it, you know, based on if you're, if you're trying to... Obviously, if you're selling to the Spotify user who needs help with, you know, labeling and fulfillment centers and, and, and things like that, you may go one way. But then are you also marketing, in, uh, you know, differently to, to 3PLs and, and those type of companies and specific type of 3PLs? You know, you mentioned the logistics aspects, but also like the freight brokers. How do you go about doing that so, you know, your message is getting across... And is is being received uh, by by different companies.
1: Yeah, great question. So, uh, I as CMO, I basically run all of sales and marketing is what I'm responsible for at our, our organization. Um, you know, depending on your different like level of marketing and some areas you've had with uh, had success with in the past, um, different CMOS would do different things. Uh, but where I've really uh, made my living is uh, running ads. So media buying, I've run easily over 10 million plus dollars worth of ads between e-commerce, between uh, 3PL companies. I own my own marketing agency that has, you know, 30 plus customers uh, that we run ads for. Um, So that a large part of our soapbox strategy Uh, intertwines with what I've had success with, what I'm really good at, and that's that. So we um, have a really good Google ad system set up that links directly with our CRM, and it's based off something called value-based attribution. So the further we can move um, these, uh, deals that come into our CRM down the pipeline. Um, so, you know, starting with new lead, whenever someone submits a form to your ad, we put them in the new lead bucket. But once we have a discovery call with them, they go down to the next, um, sector of that funnel. Once they go down all the way to contract signed and onboarded, um, that's, you know, the furthest point down in the funnel. So based off of the projected size of the opportunity, as well as how far we can move them down in the funnel, all of that in real time in our CRM is linked back to our ads account that are running the ads. So, as we run 20, 30, 40, $50,000 ad spend a month, month over month over month, our system um, is a beautiful, positive feedback loop where um, the actual actions of our salespeople. Filters back to our ads, so we run ads that get better month over month over month. So I've b- been building out that system for years and years and years, and we were able to implement a form of that in at Soapbox that has been working uh, really well for us. And now, you know, we're starting. I told you we're starting to get into running uh, ads for our actual Shopify app, so we'll be doing that native on the platform. Um, yeah, my my team has had a lot of success with that in the past, and that's going to be. One of our strategy, one of our main strategies moving forward.
0: Wow, that's great because they always say, you know, with with marketing budgets, uh, you don't know really what works. You're just, you know, if I knew where it worked, you know, I would just put it all towards that. I believe, like you know, the Walmart executive said. Um, But with what you're doing there, you have a very nice data centric uh, marketing plan that shows you exactly what's working, what's not working, and 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 where you can, you know, push more of that budget towards in order to uh, maximize the, those opportunities. So that's really cool. I just have one more question, cause I'm curious. So you've been in e-commerce and you've done a lot of different things, You know, built companies, sold companies, obviously you're at Soapbox at CMO. What were you doing prior?
1: So I was a network engineer at AT&T. So after I graduated college, um, my dad, uh, one of his best friends who has since passed away, he was, he was my boss at AT&T, just a great, great dude. And he kind of helped me climb the ranks there pretty fast. I was doing some really cool stuff there. Um, had some some of the biggest accounts at AT and I was working with McDonald's in Chicago for a while. Wow. Helped develop their outdoor digital signage. So whenever you're driving through uh, the outdoor drive-through, there's a temperature-proof, uh, um, uh, waterproof uh, digital signage out there. And so we we built the team that helped run that out. I was working with an account called Luxottica, one of the biggest, the biggest sun- wear, uh, sunglass um manufacturer in the world. So I was doing some fun stuff over there, but. Um, while I was, you know, uh, making pretty good money there for a young guy, I was able to start up my, my party game. And that's how I started to, you know, f- figure out that I, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I wanted to start to get into e commerce. Um, so I kind of got to work through all those problems while I was still getting a paycheck. And, and it all it all kind of worked out from there.
0: Wow, that's really cool. So you don't even come from a marketing background, you, you have an engineering analytical background in that sense, where you're doing a lot more of, like you said with McDonald's and stuff like that, creating, um, you know, basically, uh, products that, that they're offering and, uh, you know, promoting through technology and, and engineering. And, and then you just, wow, delved into marketing and, and, and e-commerce and, and got into that world. Wow. That's, that's really impressive. And that, that's quite a, uh, quite a pivot. So, you know, that, that's really good for you, Joe. You seem to be doing a lot of cool things. I appreciate you taking time with me today. This was a great conversation. Um, what I'm looking forward to is doing this again in, in you know, maybe a couple of years and we'll see where soapbox is at and we can kind of, um, revert back to this conversation and, and, and see where soapbox is then. So, you know, best of luck. I'm rooting for you. Um, I'm hoping we can, we can work together, you know, between the advanced group and soapbox and, uh, continue to grow. So thanks again for coming on and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep the conversation moving.
1: Cool. Thanks a lot for having me, Jackie. We'll definitely have to link back up and do, do another episode, but it's been great chatting. And, uh, thanks again for having me.
0: Well, my pleasure, Joe. Thanks everybody for listening and, and we'll see you on another episode soon.